Wonderful Dharma will to teach us how to leave suffering, attain bliss and birth and death, and quickly realize non-birth. Of the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Namo Saranto Suche Doye, Ola Hurdi, San Miao, Samputosye. Namo Takdakta Toya, Daya, Allah Hade, Tamil Tambo Datoa. The unsurpassed, profound, subtle, and wonderful Dharma in a hundred thousand million aeons is difficult to encounter. Now that I've come to receive and maintain it within my sight and hearing, I vow to fathom the thus come one true and actual meaning. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, Venerable Sixth Patriarch, Venerable Shenhua, Shamini, O Good No Advisors, Amitofo, Chư Phật Bồ Tát, Kính Thưa Đục Tổ, Hòa Thượng Tiên Hóa, Sư Cô, Quý Vị Thiện Chí Thức, Anh Dì Đạo Phật. Chư Phật Phú Sa, Liêu Dù, Sư Phật Sang Rần, Sáng Mì Nhi, Hữu Vệ, Sáng Chí Sư, Rằng Mì Tổ Phổ. Ok, welcome everyone. Today is in... Would you mind getting the fan or some, some kind of thing to cool off the men's side here? In particular, put one close to Peter and Marie here. I want him to pass out because of the heat. Yeah, thank you very much. Go ahead and help him out, Joseph, please. Thank you. Uh, we are in Rosemead uh, Rose uh, on the 9th of September 2012 to talk about the Vasha Sutra. This is one of the major, major sutras in uh, uh, Buddhism, uh, one of the more difficult sutras to explain. Uh, uh, we are on, we are on, on uh, slide number 291. Uh, uh, it's a hot day today, and we'd like to welcome Peter and Maria. Peter, this is the first time everyone is this Peter. Maria is dad, okay? Uh, he's from Sicily, so don't uh, get him pissed off. <laughs> I said that you're from Sicily. 
So we, we better uh, not get you uh, upset. Um, yeah, yeah, big difference. Yeah. And uh, um, we, um, I hopefully, I don't know how far we're going to get today, but there is a section, the sutra here, where uh, uh, it talks about the principle of the most often quoted uh, thing about the uh, Vajrasutra Sutra. Let me see if you can find it quickly. Uh, it's uh, ah, in slide 302. So if you behave yourself, including Peter, and I can get quickly to this. You don't, if you ask me too many questions, and this is a warning <laughs> to some of you, <laughs> then I will not be able to get to this slide. Okay? okay? Yes? <laughs> it is not. This guy is greedy. <laughs> Yeah, this this is this is this is this is. By the way, this is why I don't know when when Peter is coming back. So I want to make sure he gets this before he leaves. Uh, this is the critical thing about the Vajra Sutra. This is the most most famous line of Vajra Sutra. That is everyone uh, mentioned. He says that you should not you should produce a mind uh, without dwelling anywhere. Ah, Peter, so, huh? <laughs> I told you, Buddhism is very profound. You're not supposed to understand it right away. Okay? When something is profound, it takes repetition. You can be hearing it, hearing it, and hearing it. And then one day, he said, aha! That's what he meant. Okay? That's what it takes. All right? Uh, you got it? Okay. Then we skip the rest of the lecture. I let you contemplate this, okay? You repeat this to yourself. This is what happened. This is the line that got one of the, the person I just mentioned during the uh, Dharma request, six patriarch. This is what him, got him enlightened. He heard this line. Someone was reciting the sutra, was reciting the sutra, was reading the sutra, and at that time, the six patriarch was uh, a, a, uh, a wood gatherer. He gathers wood in the forest and brings it to town to sell it, to make money. He's very poor. So he was bringing wood to the market to sell. You know, he, he gathered wood and then he tied him up in this uh, string and he was carrying it back then, one bunch in front, one bunch in back, and he carried it back to the uh, market. And then he saw a guy, a, a rich man like Peter, walking around with a book in his hand. You know, you tell he's intellectual. And, and he, this man was reciting this sutra. He was, in, and he was reciting loudly, he should go produce a mind that, that dwells nowhere. And the sixth patriarch said, huh? And he has this aha moment. Instantaneously, he became enlightened. Are you enlightened yet? I just said it three times today. Um, not, yet. not yet. I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to your dad. Okay, you see? See? The sixth patriarch, this is a Chinese, Chinese person. That's why you cannot underestimate Chinese people. That's supposed to be a joke. You non-Chinese people have no sense of humor. <laughs> okay, what happened is that this is, this is 
uh, this person here, this sixth patriarch, heard this line, and he got enlightened. He became, he opened his big wisdom. Okay? So that's why I, I want you to be exposed to this. And, uh, and um, if, you, if we don't get it, to it today, you have to come back. Okay? I elaborate more. Okay? So again, okay, behave yourself. Don't ask too many hard questions, especially you, Peter. Just because you knew. Does it mean? Does it? Yeah? What question? Yes. TikTok. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> you want to ask it now or you want to ask later? He doesn't know where it is yet. Huh? He doesn't know what he wants to ask you. Wait about the end of the lecture. <laughs> this is the biggest line in the sutra. This is incredible because, because I can't wait to tell you about this. This is, this is what... This is what no one understands. This is what, what makes the sutra so hard to understand. This very line. No one gets it. Okay? And everyone talks about it. And that's what makes it fascinating. Yes? It's similar in the analogy. Wherever you go, you are there. Because you're there wherever you go. So it's the same concept. Because the mind is not Not quite. It's a good idea, but not quite. You don't get it yet. Yes. When I get to this thing, that will explain to you, okay? <laughs> okay, you have to wait. You see, now Maria is going crazy. Is it? <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay, uh, uh, sorry, kids. Uh, you have to wait. Uh, you have to wait for daddy to be... Uh... <laughs> okay. Okay, go back to the beginning. There's a beginning and there is an end, okay? So we have to be patient. By the way, it's part of the learning process. You're learning to be patient. When it's time for you to understand, you will understand. It's a matter of time. So you have to be patient, okay? It's not that important you understand right away. Just listen, okay? Sometimes uh, a lot of spiritual things are not meant to be understood right away, Okay? All right, number 10, the adornment of pure land. The Buddha said to Shubhidi, what do you think? Was there any dharma which the Tathagata obtained while with burning lamp Buddha? No were honored one. There was no, actually no dharma which the Tathagata obtained while with burning lamp Buddha. Okay, uh, this is a sacred text, uh, uh, the text. This is uh, uh, the Chinese word, Fu Gao Xu Bu Ji. Uh, Phật Bà Thu Bồ Đề Ông ra sao? 
thổ xưa như lai tại nhiên đăng phật có đắc pháp gì không thưa thế tôn như lai tại nhiên đăng phật thật vô sợ đắc pháp ok uh, slide to nine this is a, a famous um, uh, story is often quoted uh, from Shakyamuni Buddha which is the current Buddha of our world he uh, this uh, story recounted on how he met with the burning lamp Buddha. Uh, uh, đây là cái chuyện mà khi mà ngài Thích Ca Mâu Ni đứng trước con tu đó, đang còn đứng tu thì gặp ngài Nhiên Đăng Phật và được Phật thọ ký. At the time, Shakyamuni uh, Buddha was a monk. Bhikshu means monk. Okay? Bhikshu is a Sanskrit word. Can you read this? You can read this, right? Can you or is it too? Peter, can you read it, or you not you not too much into reading? He only listen. Peter only listens, guys. So, okay, Bhikshu is a. Uh, back then, the Buddha was uh, was uh, not a Buddha yet, and he was uh, a person like uh, like us. He was a man, and he was a monk like me, and he was uh, walking down the road. And in, from afar, he saw another monk walking towards him. This is in, uh, a long, long time ago. And between them, he saw a large puddle of water. Okay? Now, uh, he looked the other, the other monk. He saw an old monk. Okay? So he, he brought forth a mind of respect. So he, he, when the old monk was about to run into the large puddle of water, what did he do? What did this young monk do? He, li- he laid his body onto the puddle of water, okay? To offer, so that the other monk will not get wet. He doesn't have to, to walk into, wait into the water. So he laid his body, the young monk laid his body onto a puddle of water. And he discovered that the, the, uh, he's still not covering the entire puddle of water. So what he did do back then? He was. Uh, he had uh, some some um, some uh, hair uh, hair that back then they wrapped on top of the head, and he laid his hair. He uncoiled his hair and laid the hair on top of the, the water. Okay, so that now the the old the old uh, the old ascetic the old uh, bhikshu can then walk into dry stuff. So the bhikshu accepted. He actually can you imagine? This is an old monk who actually stepped on. A young monk's hair and body to cross a puddle of water. Think about that. I don't think very modern day people would do that, would they? Would you? Would you do that? You wouldn't dare, would you? Think about it. This is so unusual. That they're both the same kind. They're both monks. Okay? And yet, one young monk sacrificed his body, offered his body. And the other accepted. Okay? Why? Yes, increases merits. Yes. Why? You yourself said that you wouldn't dare walk, or we would never walk on someone's body. Yet this monk here. Step on someone else's body. Do you know that monks typically don't even ride horses? They don't. And yet, 
because they don't want to, to place their burden on someone else. And yet this monkey, this old monk, walk on someone's body. Why? That's right. That's right. That's right. The best way to uh, to show appreciation is to accept. How is that? Simple as that. You really think that someone giving you out of sincerity, and the best way to show appreciation is to accept it. Okay, if that person is really really sincere, then you have no choice but accept. You agree with that? You cannot refuse. This is what is uh, the nature of our world, by the way. If you are sincere, you come to the Triple Jewel and make a sincere offering, we cannot turn you down. We cannot. <laughs> I don't know if it's giggling. Yeah. Okay? So, it's like, like a, it's more than just giving them the chance to plant blessings. It's more like you have no choice but accept, okay? And, you have, and, and that's how you, you compliment them in their sincerity, okay? And after this monk here walk on this young monk, the old monk walk on the young man's body, he says, ah, you are thus, I am also thus. That's what he said. He didn't say thank you. This is very unusual. He didn't say thank you. He didn't say, oh, you're a good boy. He just said, you are thus, I am also thus. Okay? So that's how he complimented the young monk. Okay? And then, that means that you forget yourself for the sake of the Dharma. I, too, forget myself for the sake of the Dharma. I was talking to Peter earlier, because Maria brought him to him to me, and he says um, she's worried about her dad. Uh, her dad is still very alive and active, but she wants to keep him uh, uh, busy. And I said, uh, what do you do? He says he watches TV, especially religious channels all day. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to church. He was, uh, they were at church this morning in Culver City. Okay? And they came here. Uh, okay, you should have come a little bit earlier for lunch. Uh, and then, and then, and then she, and then they, uh, after this, in the evening, they go to another church. This morning is non-denominational. Tonight is going to be Catholic, right? Christian. Christian. So, that's keeping active. That's very, very good. What I suggested is this, in this spirit, it's funny, we talked about that, okay, that, this is the spirit of the, of the uh, superior people. They forget themselves to help others. They don't worry they're old, like that old monk. He still walks on the streets so that he has a chance to meet others and help others. 
instead of you know staying at home and waiting for someone to come and help them and and be nice to them no he walks on the street and he participates in life he contributes to the community okay you don't stop does it make sense that's why he says you for yourself forget yourself to help others so do i i recognize that and guess what and then he goes on and he rubs the young monk's head he says i because the old monk's actually a buddha already i know i predict i make i give you this prediction you will become a buddha just like me as well okay and this is the ultimate form of gift from a buddha he says i certify that you too will become a buddha i saw it already you do not have to lose hope even no matter how hard the road the rest of your road is going to be okay no matter how difficult no matter how diff, no matter how heartbreaking uh, it's going to be don't worry you too will become a buddha just like me okay that's the ultimate gift form of buddha okay he says no more worries you be there i saw because when the buddha said that it's not basically being polite or making a promise he says i see it already in a couple of slides i show you actually he says i know when you're going to become a buddha all right à, cái này là cái, cái chuyện viên năng phật mà mà đức phật thích ca lúc đó làm tỳ kheo thì mới hiến cống hiến cái thân mình để cho để cho phật dẫm đức phật viên năng phật là một cái vị tỳ kheo già nhờ thích ca mà phật lúc đó là một cái tỳ kheo trẻ mới cúng hiến cái thân mình để cho đức phật cái tỳ kheo già khỏi cái khỏi dẫm cái 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 vùng nước Ừ. nhờ như vậy mà uh, nhiên năng phật mới là mới là chấp nhận chuyện rất kỳ lạ là đời đó thời buổi này không ai dám dập đi trên chân thân người khác thời đó đức nhiên năng phật nhận xong rồi nói à nể giả như thị ngã giả như thị nói là ông như vậy tu như vậy có nghĩa rằng á là uh, chúng ta đều uh, tự xả cái thân để mà giúp người khác để mà để mà tu phật pháp Okay. như vậy cái người tỳ kheo già mới xoa đầu và thọ ký cho Phật Thích Ca nói rõ ràng là trong tương lai à, ta thấy rằng con sẽ thành Phật như ta vậy đó. Cái này là một cái một cái sự một cái sự bố thí mà mà mà, mà, mà sâu xa nhất của Phật có thể cho. Ngài thấy rằng à, Thích Ca Mâu Ni sẽ thành Phật như ngài, thành không cần phải lo gì nữa, không cần phải âu nữa. À, trước sau sẽ thành Phật. Ok any questions about this 295 okay this is recorded in uh, something called giving prediction in fundamental practice collection and auspicious response sutras cái này trong cái bổn thành tập kinh và thủy ứng kinh before leaving the home life burning lamp buddha was ingot light trước gọi là đỉnh quang uh, ingot is uh, is uh, without legs uh, with legs is called lamp okay at at his birth his body was bright like a lamp hồi đó sinh ra thì thân nó sáng sáng như là như cái đèn vậy at the time shakyamuni buddha when he was was uh, uh, manifesting as uh, 
as a monk, a young monk. He is actually a seventh round bodhisattva. Folks, this is very, very high level cultivator. Hồi đó, Phật Thích Ca trong cái trường, trường hợp này, trong câu chuyện này là Ngài đã đắc được cái, cái thất địa Bồ Tát. Excuse me. It's called Scholar Pure Youth. Hồi đó gọi là, gọi là uh, Nho Đồng uh, Thiền Huệ. Uh, and he was a seventh ground Bodhisattva. This is his at the verge, if you will, of becoming a great Bodhisattva. Đó là sắp thành Đại Bồ Tát rồi. And this is towards the end of the second Asamkhya Kalpa because the Buddha said he cultivated three Asamkhya Kalpas before he became a Buddha. So this is two-thirds of the way already. Okay? And he heard the Burning Lamb Buddha speak Dharma and he obtained the patience, non-production of Dharma and certified to the eighth round. À, là cái lúc mà cái hai a tăng kỳ kiếp đó, ngài phải tu ba a tăng kỳ kiếp mới là mới thành phật được thế nên là hai phần ba đường rồi thì nghe được uh, như năng phật nói pháp và đắc được uh, vô sanh vô sanh pháp nhận cũng đó và như vậy và chứng đắc được để bác địa okay this is this is this is you don't have to understand this is very very high level very very high level what happened is that the point I'm trying to make to you is that Even at their advanced level, someone asked me today at lunch, he said, uh, since we know already, why do we have to read? Okay? Why do have to watch, uh, to listen to the Bible? Why do you have to listen to the good words? Since you know already. Okay? Even though you know already, you still need to listen to the Dharma, to the proper Dharma. You have to re- keep on listening and listening. Okay? You just listen. And then... Uh, At some point in time, you don't, you don't realize it, but at some point in time, uh, you will listen to someone and all of a sudden, you, uh, you certify, you leap through listening. So listening is very important. Okay? You have to listen, you have to read. Okay? In many cases, the bodhisattvas, by reading something, reciting a sutra, or listening to a sutra, they become enlightened. Because why? Because it's not the first time. I assure you of that. It's more like a zillionth time they heard it. And that one time where something clicked and they opened their, their, their big wisdom. This is, this is no different from you, us going to school. And we, we hear the professor explain something. We don't get it. We have to go home and check it again. And check it again, and keep on reading and reading it, and then hopefully by the time you take the quiz, you may be able to get it. You don't, you have to take the class over again. <laughs> That's the way it is. Repetition is important. You need a lot of repetition. Okay. All right. Thì sau khi nghe Đức Phật nói pháp thì đắc được cái từ thất địa tới tới bát địa. And then Burning Lamb Buddha gave the prediction. He says, 91 kalpas later, during this kalpa, our current kalpa called worthy kalpa, you will become Shakyamuni Buddha. They see, they foresee it already. So far into the future. Okay? Uh, 
ทันดาเช้าในฝึกยิงดังไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ถอกี้ไม่ละจีนมือกิฟได้กิฟเช้าเนอะ this ninety one great campus by the way later during this kalpa here he'll become a Buddha yes Uh, one kalpa is uh, 16 million years. What? What do you mean, what? <laughs> 16 million years. It's a long, long time. You see, that's why when you listen to the sutra, listen to these lectures, you have to keep an open mind because your, your, your point of reference is like 100 years, right? A lifetime is 100 years. Okay? And yet, All these denominations, units, are so humongous. You're talking about one kalpa is 16 million years. It's not even a great kalpa. Don't bring it up, okay? Okay? It's confusing enough. It's a long, long time. Asam kieya means you can't even count. It takes that long. Don't think in terms of 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, there's nothing yet. Think about kalpas, okay? And if you think that um, someone is giving you a hard time, trust me, they come back, kalpas after kalpas, and give you a hard time if you don't change. <laughs> okay? All right. Any questions? Any other questions? Okay. By the way, some people are wondering, seventh ground bodhisattva, okay? Bodhisattva, by the way, For Peter's uh, reference, uh, there's Peter, Peter, I don't know which one I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah, one, two, okay. okay. Number one, number two. Uh, number one, number two. Does it matter? Ah, it's okay. 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 She's working hard. I asked her to sit down. She says, I have to work in the kitchen. You know. Anyway, she's not going to listen to what the secret we have today, that line. <laughs> it's not that easy, trust me. Not, not many people will see that line. And this guy, for the first time, heard that line already. Okay? Yeah. Takes a lot of blessings. Serious. Okay. Seventh round bodhisattva. Okay. Bodhisattva is an enlightened being in Buddhism. He has a lot of wisdom. He's very wise. Okay. The bodhisattva. Seventh ground refers to a level of enlightenment. The first level of enlightenment is called first ground. Actually, there's a status. Okay. Uh, it's a status called first ground bodhisattva where you, you like when you walk around and the ghosts and spirits will bow to you and the gods will throw themselves at you and say, please help me, help me. Oh yeah, yeah. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Uh, and, and so you go first ground, second ground, third ground, so on. The seventh ground is very, very difficult to get to. Because uh, there's one actually, seventh crown bodhisattva that I know of. His name is Su Hang. He's a uh, Taiwanese monk. 
I went to his temple in Taipei. No, you cannot see him anymore. He's dead. Okay? But he's a seventh ground bodhisattva. His uh, disciple is also quite accomplished. The female ones are accomplished practitioners. Okay, uh, I, saw his, uh, I saw him, I, saw, I, I bowed to his, his, uh, his body, his uh, statue. When he died, uh, his seventh ground bodhisattva, this is in Taipei, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not lying to you. Uh, when he died, uh, his body did not decay. He did not decay at all. Okay, like the sixth patriarch. The sixth patriarch, his, his physical body is still in Nanhua Si. It's in the temple in Nanhua, am I correct? No one knows about history of Buddhism here at all, do you? Chinese Buddhism. The sixth patriarch, the one, I, that, the one um, that I keep on mentioning in this sutra, yeah, Nanhua Si, uh, his body is still there. And the Japanese came in, just for you uh, Westerners. The Japanese came in. They donated a lot of money to the temple to fix it up. And he said, we only have a small request, a very tiny, tiny request. He said, uh, this is the body from a sixth patriarch? He said, yeah. He says, can we get a small, tiny temple, uh, sample? He said, what kind of sample? He said, so they, they said, they took our drill. He said, can we drill a hole into his body, pick, take out a little bit of sample, bring it back to Japan, and analyze it? And they said, so, so the, 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 the monk said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so they took out a drill. And, and they drilled a hole into the, the body of the sixth patriarch and brought the sample back to Japan. This is a researcher from university in, in Japan. And they brought it back. They put it in a microscope. And guess what? They said, it's a real body. You cannot possibly fake it. It's a real body with tissue and everything. It's non-decayed for thousands of years. This is true. This is a miracle in Buddhism. Master. Uh, Finally, the question. Yes. This yeah. will be my first and last question for this today. But are you saying that the the sixth patriarch Huinung, Huinung, Huinung's body is still not corrupt? It's still not. Still decaying. not corrupt. It's still not decaying. No preservatives were put in. You should go to Nanhua Sioux and take a look for yourself. He's a tiny, tiny man, about this tall, and he's not decaying. This happens a lot to the Chan people, the meditation people in Buddhism, by the way. For example, in Vietnam, there are a couple of monks in, the, in northern Vietnam who lived in a mountain who practiced Chan, and their body did, did, did not decay. And then they, uh, they find out about it, and they stole the body, and I think they, they burned it in, uh, in their, in their, uh, in their um, uh, chimney or something, fireplace or something. But the, uh, the body of a uh, venerable Huynang, the sixth patriarch, is still in uh, Nanhua Si in in uh, in uh, in uh, China right now. You have to you have to go see it. It's incredible. He uh, was uh, he was uh, like uh, eight hundred uh, after uh, Christ, so seventeen hundred years ago. Hmm. 
It's uh, the body has been decayed for over a thousand years. Over a thousand years, the body is still there. Okay. That's a miracle, really. It happens a lot in, 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 in with the Chan people. It's not a mummy. It's like a real body, but it's not decaying. What? Guangdong. I've never been there. I just heard of it. You think I have money to travel to China? <laughs> I think it's in Guangdong. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It is incredible. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a fantastic. Um, a lot of these uh, Chan monks are like that. So it's not uncommon at all. Um, Mm. For example, this, the seventh ground bodhisattva called Su Hang, he's Taiwanese. Okay, you go to China, stop by Taipei, and you will see him as well. What happened is he died. He's a fat monk. Okay, humongous, uh, who's the unusual for a monk. Monks are usually you know, not very big, and this is a big monk. And when he died. His body did not decay, okay? So what they did is they uh, actually shrunk a little bit because there's a lot of stuff there he didn't need. So he shrunk a little bit, okay? And then, but he still didn't decay. So what they did, his disciple did, is he, they encased his body in, in gold. They gilded his body. So you can still go to his temple, uh, it's called the, the Bodhisattva in the flesh. It's known in Taipei. And they, no one really knows in, in, in Taiwan what level he is. But I went to him and I saw him in person. Okay, I saw his statue. That's why I, I knew where he was and looked at everything. And, and, uh, and he's, he's, he's um, so he's, he's um, so the, the, you can go there and you can see, still see his body encased in gold. Okay, you can believe it because the Buddhists wouldn't lie. We don't say like it's, uh, it doesn't decay. It decays. We don't say it, uh, it doesn't decay to get your, your the donations. You don't do that. So, um, it, it's uh, so this uh, particular monk here, Taiwanese monk, is a seventh crown bodhisattva. Okay, I can tell you that now he's dead. So you know. When he's alive, I, I can't tell you these things. Yes? So, like, what makes you number one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven? Like, do you have to do certain things? And so this is okay. Your first round was seven. I mean, your third round was seven. And you do seven rounds. Like, what makes you in these, like, Câu hỏi là cái làm sao mà đắc được sơ quả, sơ địa nghĩa là sao, sơ địa nghĩa là sao? Thầy trả lời là phải cần tu rất là gắt gao. It takes so much hard work to make the first round bodhisattva. Very, very difficult to get there. Okay? And uh, once you get there, once you get there, it's even more difficult to make it to the second round bodhisattva. It does not get any easier. 
if you, if, you, if you meet people who say, oh, cultivation is not a big deal, it's not true. Cultivation is a lot of hard work. It is so hard. And at the same time, because it's so hard, just like uh, uh, academia, the harder it is, the more fascinating it is, isn't it? It's more rewarding. It's so hard that, that you learn a lot more and you be at your best. You keep on having to, to reach out and, and, and develop and grow and become a better person than you are. Okay? You have to open your mind. You develop your mind. You have to grow. And that's why um, uh, these people, these, when, the, when you reach first round bodhisattva, it is so wonderful that they don't no longer look at it as hard. They look at it as just a way of life, just something they do. Okay? Like us right now, you know, most of you go to the temple and you oh, have to go to the temple again. I hope they cook something good today for lunch. Okay? Make it worth my while. Because if they don't, I'm not coming back next week. These people, they, these, these bodhisattvas, okay, they, they, don't, uh, they don't think of it that way anymore. They just do. This is a goal and help. They don't say, I can't do it. Okay? They don't say that, 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 uh, that I don't like it. People don't like me. You still come in and help. Okay? Because it's the right thing to do. Okay? All right. Any other questions? Oh, by the way, you still have one more question. That's an easy question. No, I already told you that I, I asked one question. Is today's question over? No, no, only one hard question. The easy questions don't count. Uh, uh, easy questions, I'm not worried. Only one hard question, you, when, when you, how can you tell it's a hard question, John? You see me frowning. <laughs> <It's so hard>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have to practice what? The yoga? Okay. You can practice yoga. Okay, that's a good question. Yes, they're, they're quite different. Let me tell you. Uh, and. Uh, this is your first time, right? Yes. Oh, welcome. Now, now that uh, the honeymoon is over, I tell you the truth. <laughs> Everybody, this is a new time comer, so I finished my being nice to them. Remember that I'm nice to you the first time, always. <laughs> and then you find out very quickly the honeymoon is over in no time at all. Okay. Um, uh, the question is... is uh, uh, is um, how do you get enlightened? Is it by practicing yoga or something like that? I didn't get the, the rest of the question. I, I, I can give you a straight answer. Uh, uh, you practice yoga, okay, then you can reach very high. You can reach to the, what is called the eighth level of samadhi. Very, very high up there. Okay. Uh, but you will not become enlightened. Why? Because they don't quite know how to get there yet. See, here's the secret about, about cultivation. Okay? I mean, I'll share the secret with you today. Okay. Câu hỏi là, là 
and let, I let, let you wait where I need to, to translate the Vietnamese first. Câu hỏi là làm sao mà giác ngộ thì thầy mới trả lời nó là giác ngộ có phải luyện yoga thì không thầy nói là cô này cô lần đầu tiên tới đây thầy nói ok thầy hoan nghênh cô tới lần đầu tiên bây giờ thầy trả lời thành thật trả lời nói nói theo cái hiểu biết của thầy thì cái thực tế như khi nó phủ phàng thầy trả lời nó cái 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 yoga thì tu theo yoga thì đắc được bác định là cao rất là rất là trình độ là khá cao. Okay. À, tại sao chỉ đắc bác định không thể cao hơn nữa à, là tại vì có một cái vấn đề như vậy có cái bí mật về cái tu luyện. In cultivation, okay, the most important part of cultivation is uh, to find someone who knows the way. Cái quan trọng của cái tu hành là kiếm cái người mà biết đường đi. Okay. It's very important. Uh, just like uh, when you go to the Grand Canyon, okay? If you have limited time, then you might want to hire a guide to lead you around and show you the best places, okay? Like when you go to, 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 uh, to traveling and you don't have a lot of time, you better off hiring a guide who takes you to places. And tell you the, you know, uh, the bring you to the best restaurants and the best sights, sightseeing places. Okay, it's more efficient use of your time. Okay, if you are in a hurry. Okay, cultivation is the same thing. If you cultivate, it's very important for you to find the person who knows how to get where you want to get. Okay. This is assuming that you want to get there. You know that's a worthwhile place to get there. Okay? Uh, so, uh, what happens is that uh, if you practice, uh, uh, this is, might be offensive to some of you, it might be hard for to some of you to believe, but it's only what my opinion, okay? And please take it with a grain of salt. I'm not trying to pretend I know everything. I don't. I really don't. I'm only telling you what, sharing with you what I know, what I believe in, okay? What happens is that uh, the worldly knowledge as we define it as worldly knowledge is that all the knowledge you acquire throughout your lifetime, okay? Meaning you develop that knowledge through school, through yoga, through those things, they all max out at something called eighth level of samadhi. That's as high as you can get. That is what, what the Buddhists consider to be worldly knowledge. Worldly knowledge, that's all you can get. You can study all your life, okay? Lifetime after lifetime, repeatedly over and over again until the end of time. All you can get is eighth level of samadhi of wisdom. That's all you get. All right? And which is very high, by the way. Eighth level of samadhi. I may tell you what it means. This is no small feat. Eighth level of samadhi means that you will become a god or goddess up there in the eighth, the fourth, uh, the fourth diana heaven. And that means that you have a lifespan of 80,000 great kalpas. 
You hear me? Your blessing is so limited right now. You think you're great, but you can, no matter how much money you have, you can live up to 100 years. That's it. That's all the blessings you have. No matter how much money you have, you can have to spend it within the limited time frame, 100 years, period. Whereas these guys are so blessed, they live to be 80,000 great campus. Long, long time. To enjoy the blessings. Enjoy the heavenly blessings. It's a big, big feat. Big attainment. Okay? But for us, it's not, it's not ultimate yet. It's not. It's not. It's, we feel we can, you can still do better. And how? By choosing a person who knows how to go beyond that. Because what, this is what happened to Shakyamuni Buddha. He became a cultivator and he went and sought out these yogi teachers. He reached up to the eighth level of samadhi and he discovered something. He discovered that his suffering still has not ended. That's what, this is what makes the Buddha different. He's a very wise man. He says, what's the point in knowing if it does not end my suffering? Then that knowledge is not ultimate, is it? Think about it. What's the point in knowing if you still suffer? Aren't we solving the wrong problems? Shouldn't we be solving the problem of ending a suffering instead of acquiring knowledge? Right? So this is what differentiates Shakyamuni Buddha from us. We go for knowledge. He goes for the ultimate knowledge. Okay? The, no, the mother of all knowledge. Okay. And uh, so, so he went to eighth uh, level samadhi through the yogi practice, similar to yogi practice. He says, whoops, this is wonderful, but I'm still not happy yet. This man is very smart. He says, you can say all you want, but ultimately I still find times during the day where I'm unhappy. I'm still not satisfied yet. I need to be in the state where I'm happy all the time. Okay? Not just when I'm with someone. I have to be happy every time, anytime, and everywhere. Yes? So, Jesper, what is your purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is to be happy. What? None of my business. Yourself, try to be Buddha, you have the desire, you know, that kind of 
here's the difference. Here's the difference. The difference between a person who is wiser versus another person who is not as wise is that the wiser person knows how to be happier. Knows, believes that he or she can be happier. Okay, is working towards it. Whereas the not very wise person says, I'm happy, I'm satisfied. The other person says, I have a better way. I'm still not there yet. Okay? That answers your question. Why is it some you are happy and some other people are unhappy? It's because they don't know they really are unhappy. They think they're happy. They think that that's all they can, they can get. This is the difference between the Buddha and us. The Buddha says, I reach, I, I reach the highest level possible of worldly wisdom you have that people can acquire. I see that I still am suffering. I still am not entirely happy yet. There must be something else better. I better find it. Well, he went and found it. He found it and he taught us. So this what is called Buddhism. Buddhism is, is a set of beliefs, set of practices, more than beliefs, practices that will help you get there, will help you be and attain the same level as the Buddha's level of happiness. Okay? Now, the difference between uh, uh, the various people is that there's some people, like the Bodhisattva says, I can be happier. I'm happy already. I can be a lot happier. They're still working at it. Whereas we are content. Okay? So, um, going back to the original question, what do you, can you practice uh, uh, yoga to become enlightened? The answer is no. Practicing yoga will not bring you to enlightenment. Okay? Uh, this is what I started by saying that you, the secret of cultivation is to follow someone who knows how to get there. I'm, I'm going to give you a blunt answer. You follow a yogi teacher, will not bring you there. It will not. Okay? You don't have to believe me. You follow it like the Buddha did. I'm not telling you something that didn't happen before. Shakyamuni Buddha followed a teacher. He went to the eighth level of samadhi. He says, oh, not there yet. Not, not happy yet. So he discovered his own way. And then he found the ultimate happiness by becoming a Buddha. He said, wow, this is wonderful. I need, must tell people about this. And he came back. He taught us Buddhism. So I don't know about you, okay, but I, as a monk, Buddhist monk, I'm following his footsteps. Okay? hoping that someday I also will be just as happy as the Buddha, and no less. Pretty ambitious, you will. Okay? Depends on who you are. You want to settle for less, so be it. Okay? It's your, your choice. Yes? Ah. I told you, I told you, we may not make it to the slider 302, remember? <laughs> See? 
I told you. I told you. Okay? Because of this young lady here is the first time I want to show her this before she leaves. And she may not ever come back. This is the biggest line in the Vasha Sutra. He should do, produce a mind without dwelling anywhere. This is the biggest line of the Sutra. Yes? Yes. Yes. It's not only one way. That's the way. One of the three uh, requirements. Okay? That is true. Not just compassionate. You have to be greatly compassionate. Being compassionate is not enough. That instruction lacks precision. Anyway, going back to the question here. He says, how do I know I'm suffering? How do I'm happy? Right? That's a fundamental question. How do you know you're happy? Huh? How do you know? Can I ask you a hard question? How do you know you're happy? How do I know I'm happy? Yes. That's a fundamental question. How can we talk about happiness? Perception problem. Perception problem. What do you mean? It always stays in your perception. Okay, okay. Did you hear him? Okay. You agree with that? You do? I'm not talking to you again. John disagrees. Why do you disagree? I ask you this. You say you feel happy, you're happy. You agree with that? Do you? Then let me ask you this. Don't answer me. It's just a rhetorical question. I take drugs. I feel happy. Am I really happy? Just because I feel happy. Am I actually happy? Boy, you have a hard time with me. You have to argue against me. (laughs) Yes. Question, original question. How do you know you happy, okay? The answer is you are happy when you are not suffering. That's the only way that you know you're happy. When you no longer suffer, that's when you're happy. But the question is the perception of the problem because he, if he thinks you see, that he's not suffering. Okay, careful, careful. The worldly people, normal people, okay, ordinary people, will say, I want to pursue things that make me happy. You agree with that? This is what you all are doing. Say, I want to get things that make me happy. I want to buy a car. I want to go to a nice restaurant. Okay? And he pays for that. 
And then I hope that if someone stops by and, and, and give me a flower, and then and I, he'll, he'll get for it for me. And then there is a mariachi band that says, <laughs> Okay? Your happiness seems to ride on pleasant things, right? Things are pleasant. And you know what? That is what the Buddha defines it as. What is your name, by the way? Okay, okay. <laughs> the Buddha calls that suffering. He calls it suffering. Why is it? That's right. Because you cannot be happy unless you have it. When you stop having it, if someone withholds it from you, this is what happens to us. Isn't that right? Uh, for you men in the world. We cannot be happy, can we? When it's, it's, it's withheld from us, we are very miserable. It's supposed to be a joke. You guys have no sense of humor at all. And look at these women. They pretend they don't know what I'm talking about. Okay? It's because happiness, as you define it as pleasurable things, whereas happiness should be defined as the lack of unpleasurable things, not the presence of pleasurable things. Which one is more absolute, I ask you? The presence, the, uh, the, the, the pleasurable things, or the absence of unpleasurable things? Which one is more absolute to you? The absence is absolute. It's not seeking pleasurable things. Think about that. If you spend your life seeking after pleasurable things, you are unhappy. When you don't get it, Agree? If people offer you, they say, I'm going to give me, some, give me this, and I'm in turn, I'll make you happy, it ain't going to work. You know that. Yes. Questions? Yes. The young lady. Let go of what? There's nothing wrong with the attraction. Okay? Nothing wrong. As long as he loves you. <laughs> John disagrees. <laughs> yes. Are we are we we agree on that? How do we know we we we're happy? Because we know that we no longer are suffering. Okay? And this is what the Buddha discovered, by the way. You will, too, will discover. When you reach eighth samadhi, you will find you still are unhappy. Okay? Your suffering has not stopped yet. That's how he knew. He knew that it must be something else that he's missing. Yes? Yesterday when I asked a question about 
Come again. Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. Why? Because if you have spirits, they also have spirits. Because you eventually become them. It comes from us. We cycle through. We change bodies. That's what we do. You know, eventually we change bodies. And the spirits migrate from body to body. That's all it does. Okay? This is why this is why you cannot be short sighted. You have to think of this life as just a journey, a, a temporary stay at the at at the hotel, you will. The hotel is your body. And once you used up your uh, savings for this particular hotel, okay, then you have to move on and get something else. Some things? No, they don't have any spirits. Spirits is something you have three things. Okay? It has life, meaning it has warmth, it has breath, and it has something else. And consciousness. Consciousness is the awareness of things. Like this thing has no awareness. You hit it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Sorry about that. How do I know that? You ask it. Does it answer you? Yes. <laughs> he says, he says, you insult it. Does, it, does it get upset? It has no feelings. It has no consciousness. It doesn't even know you're insulting it. But you know when you insult it, right? Well, I mean, if you think of um, sorry, I mean, that people need that question. Yeah. No, this is a common question. People are always curious about these things. They don't dare ask about it, that's all. How do we know? Yeah. It just circulates, you know, like the soil becomes the tree and then you know, we eat the tree and then we become us. Yeah. So how do we know? There's walls. A tree has a wall, something called bark. Water has a wall, something called shore. 
The body has well something called skin. The separation is clear separation. You cannot mix them together. The separate entities. You cannot say water is us. No, we're not water. We're different from water. Water is part of our makeup, but we're not water. We are more than water. You cannot confuse inanimate subjects with your consciousness. Okay? What? Yes. It's a life form. That's why the Buddhists do not kill bacteria even. Because we respect life. How come what? No, when you get sick, it's different. We don't kill bacteria, they don't harm us. But we reserve the right to kill those who harm us. <laughs> Buddhists are not as stupid, you think. <laughs> no, it's just, just being practical. I want to keep on practicing Buddhism. I don't want to die yet. <laughs> so if you stop me from practicing Buddhism, I get very upset. <laughs> yes. I told you, we're not going to never get to 302. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, go ahead. It's okay. It's, it's perfectly okay. Buddhism is about answering people's questions. Mm. Buddhism is not meant for me to come in here. This is now not how I lecture Buddhism. Okay? If you have questions, I will talk to you. Okay? Because that's part of Buddhism. It's not, it's not a prepared speech. It's about answering your questions and discussing things that are relevant to you. As long as it's not too hard. Yes? I, I have some difficulty with several different religions. And with Buddhism, I think, uh, and I have been on the, the counseling retreat, just uh, meditate for 10 days and listen to the, the Dharma instructors and try to put aside any other things that we might have heard and remain equanimous. But um, how do you, and then there's other forms which are a little bit more active. How can you, say you have done things that were not good things, you know, and you want to, I guess, change your karma, you know, and do something different. Say, Say, for example, I'll use an example, you killed somebody, okay, and then you had such severe remorse. Could you possibly, could that person still become enlightened, even though they did this pain and sad? Yes. Do you have to suffer a lot of us? There's no justice in Buddhism. 
No. No, you don't have to repent. Now some people are interested. <laughs> Let's go ahead and commit offenses. And eventually. Eventually. That's true. It is eventually you have to pay for it. I didn't say I didn't. I didn't have to pay for it. See, this is what is called uh, 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 leading them on. No, that's called baiting. That's called baiting. Bait and switch. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I accept that. Yes. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You eat a lot of seafood, you'll be very sick. Mussels, shrimps, lobsters, yes. Could be, probably not a cow, could be like an elephant. I need to tell you a story. Okay. Uh, uh, since uh, we don't have much time left, I tell you a story. I mean, for explaining Dharma, you have so many questions today, I don't get a 302. Remember, 302 is a magical number. <laughs> I told you, I warn you. Uh, I tell you a story of why you commit offenses, you still become enlightened. Does it sound good to you? Yes. Huh? Would you like to do that? Become enlightened, you still commit offenses, you still become enlightened. Wouldn't you like to be? Huh? 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 Now, there was a monk, a young monk, okay? Uh, he um, he um, became a monk because he. Um, had ideals. He says, I want to become enlightened. So I'm making a lot of sacrifices so that I can cultivate vigorously so that I can obtain liberation, become enlightened. Okay? He, this young man has ideals. So he became a monk. He shaved his head, gave up his car, his house. Okay? Uh, and, and he became a monk. And he cultivated very seriously. And, and uh, he uh, um, was so sincere that people paid attention to him. He has such this, this, this is noble, this, this like a detached demeanor. Okay? Uh, he's like a gentle soul. He will not harm anyone. He smiles softly, speaks softly, walks softly. Okay? Very adorned. And guess what? All the women were so attracted to him. <laughs> okay? So, among his supporters of the temple, there is a lady, very rich. Okay? Still very young. A trophy wife, if you will. Okay? She 
married into wealth, and, uh, and uh, her husband is uh, a little bit advanced in age, and, uh, and, uh, and he, um, so he, um, so she, she became fascinated by this young and gentle soul. He is so gentle. He is so charming. He is so pure. Okay? That she became attached to him. So she lavished her attention on him. She came, she made sure, she brought him things to drink, food to eat, clothes to wear. He said, do you need anything, master? Okay? I remember. I remember when I went to Taiwan. This is a, in this editorial comment. I went to Taiwan and, and went to, for a Chinese class. And this young Korean lady, 23-year-old, new, recently graduate. And, she, every, and she's very cute. She's so cute. And she, every morning, she walks. And we all walk to class. And she says, hi, master. How are you? Every single morning. We don't even share the same class. She walked by. Hi, Master, how are you? Pretty soon I, I had to ask, what's her name? I didn't even dare ask her. And this is what happened to us poor monks. <laughs> and, and so because he, she lavished attention, this monk, this young monk here, and he became, he became, he paid attention to her. And then she said, please come to my house. I'd like you to receive offering from my house. Okay? My husband will be there. Okay? And of course, when he came to her house, husband wasn't there because he, see, he happened to be stepped out for business. <laughs> and so she would come to her house to receive offering to eat food and talk dharma to her. She says, this young monk here is still very proper. He says, I have an ideal. I'm not doing this for women, okay? But they got to come closer and closer. And guess what? He became attracted to her. I think you men understand what I'm talking about. They don't understand it. But we have this weakness, don't we? That is, when women are very nice and kind to us, our heart melts. <laughs> and we think they are the greatest thing well, you in have to build a castle in your brain okay <laughs> what? very strong castle built in your brain <laughs> so anyway he fell in love with her they both fall in love with each other the more time they spend together they fall in love with each other okay and they did the unthinkable okay which is you can't do as a monk. You cannot do. You cannot have sex. Okay? Uh, by the way, I'm the only kind of monk who talks about these things. <laughs> People dance circles around it, but I like to talk about it, as John discovered. So they have a very close relationship. And one day she came to him and said, he was, my husband very mean to me today. I feel like dying. I don't want to live anymore. So he says, what can I do? What can I do? He says, will you help me kill him, get rid of him? 
And he says, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm a monk. I cannot do this. It's against my, my precept. He says, don't you love me? I do anything for you. So he resisted and resisted, and one day he couldn't take it anymore. And, and she says, I love you so much, and I can't imagine my life, living my life without you. So he finally succumbed, and he says, I will help you kill your husband for you. So, okay, he with a husband, when the husband took, brought the husband to uh, sightseeing in the mountain and pushed her husband off the cliff and killed him. So they live happily after. Would you like to hear the rest of this story? Don't you like happy endings? What's the matter with you? Since when? <laughs> okay, so if you insist, this is because Maria's fault, okay? Blame somebody else. So, so, uh, so, he has a problem, he has a guilty conscience now. Men do that, okay? Men tend to have a guilty conscience. He couldn't take it. He, he went crazy. I said, How could I? I'm a monk. <laughs> and I killed someone. <laughs> and then I am, you know, having improper relations, someone, you know, his wife. Okay. How can I live? I started out with having pursuing ideal. This is what I'm reduced to. Okay. And he felt so bad. Then he says, I can't take this anymore. So he ran away. Okay? So both of them eloped. They ran away from the temple. Okay? And I think they went to the Bahamas or something. She has money. She has money. <laughs> she has money. Okay? So they went to the Bahamas. Well, I, I don't think there's Bahamas back then. But, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. They went somewhere where no one knows them. She has plenty of money. Okay? They don't have to work. Okay? They're happy together. Okay? Okay. Does it end there? Of course not. Of course not. You can run away from life, but can you run away from yourself? You still feel guilty. He looks everywhere. He sees, he says, I see his face everywhere I look. Okay? I can't sleep. I sleep, I close my eyes, I see his face. You know, his reproachful face. Is how could you do this to me? So, one day, one day, 
a monk, another monk that he knew, was on vacation. He happened to fly to the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. There was to be good, good times. Now it's not the case anymore. Okay, it was to be okay to be rich. Now, now we can't be rich anymore. So, so the other monk, of course, I'm adding editorial comments. I tend to, you know, make it more like Hollywood so that you can identify with it. You shouldn't take it literally. <laughs> so the other monk flew to the Bahamas for vacation, and he went to the market, and he, he saw the other monk. And he said, oh, my God, I know him. So he immediately ran back to the house and hit his house. Okay, but guess what? The other one saw him as well. So they followed him back to the house. And knock on the door and say, I know you in there. Open the door. I want to talk to you. Well, how come you have hair now? How come you're not wearing mud scarves anymore? And the other monk, he says, the other monk hit inside the house. Didn't dare do anything. And the other one keeps on going out there. The other one has a huge temper, by the way. He knocks and says, open the door, open this door, I know you. I'm not going away. And the other one didn't know what to do. He paced back and forth, back and forth. He said, what am I going to do now? My wife, what happened to my wife? She's not here. He's probably at the nail shop, the salon, getting her hair done and getting her nails painted. Where is she when I need her? She kept on back and pacing back and forth. And guess what? He became so nervous. He became a nervous wreck. And guess what? No. It's supposed to be a happy ending story. In his extreme anxiety, he became alive. He became alive. Of course. Okay? So this story here is to illustrate for you that unlike what John believes, you can create offense and you still become enlightened. Does it feel good? Ah, but afterwards... You create offenses, you still have to pay. Okay? However, after you become enlightened, it's easy to pay, isn't it? Much easier to pay. Okay. So far, so good? I am not going to translate into Vietnamese. I don't have any time. Okay? You guys ask too many questions. I don't think the Vietnamese are interested in this anyway. Now, let me ask you, let me ask you this. You hear? This is, a, this is a Buddhist story. This is a true story. Okay, and so I, I, let me ask you this. How is it possible he's enlightened? Huh? How? How? How is it possible? How can you be such a bad person and yet become enlightened? Is there no justice? Hmm? 
What do you think? What do the yogis have to say? Hmm? How is it possible? How can you be such a rotten person? How can you be such a rotten person and yet still become enlightened? Isn't it interesting? Think about this. How come we don't have any fan here? I spent an, an hour and a half and, 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 and you guys made me forget. There's no fan here for poor Peter. Now the Peters are together, suffering together in the heat. I thought I'd tell you such an interesting story and you look at dogs. Oh my God. I'm not telling any more stories from now on. <laughs> I ask you, how can a rotten person become enlightened? How is it possible? Please tell me. Yes. Why? No, he was a heavy, guilty conscience. He's not even thinking that. Yes. Close. Anyone else? Not a bad idea. Yes. Well, he's in an incredibly heightened state from the from the strain. I think they just cut through everything. Very good. Very good. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Peter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Only I can tease him like that because otherwise he'll kill you. This guy has a huge temper. And he's from Texas. Yeah, shoot first, ask question later, explain later. Enlightenment can be arrived at two ways. I cannot believe I explained this to you right now. I thought I'd keep it a secret and sell it. Because somebody just talked to me about uh, the yogis. I thought I should write a book and sell, uh, get some money out of it. Enlight enlightenment can arrive at two ways. Number one, the typical way is that you understand. Okay? You understand. He says, this is no big deal. I drop it. Drop it. You let go with wisdom. You get me, Peter? You let go. You're able to free yourself, to unburden yourself. That's how you become enlightened. Is it clear? Because you said, this is not that important. Money is not that important. Cars are not that important. Why? Because 
I cannot take it with me when I die. Okay? I cannot take my wife with me when I die. Okay? And I, the proof is that she's not going to follow me. She's yelling at me now, right, Peter? There you go. I rest my case. Okay? So you let go because you understand it's not that important. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. You understand that? Is it clear? Are we clear so far? You become aligned because you understand you are no longer attached to your own wife. He's attached to his wife, isn't he? Okay. He's coming, I'm coming, I'm coming tonight. Okay. Don't ask too many questions that I cannot answer. Yes. Wife. The one who's at the at the salon doing her hair and doing her nails. Well, it's more than that, but I'm 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 just being facetious. Because there are lots of women here today, so, so you know, I'm, I'm teasing a lot of, including Maria. Maria gives me a hard time. So I, I'm teasing all of the women today. Okay? That's why I told you, I chose a story about the monk man. <laughs> I could have said it, the nun, couldn't I? See, the sex are interchangeable in my stories. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Okay. First time you ride today. <laughs> the honeymoon is over already with Maria. It's a long, long time ago. I don't have to be nice to her anymore. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. You have to be patient. <laughs> okay. I'm having too much fun. I feel guilty now. So, number one, and I'll go back to you again. Number one is that, let's say, remember the theme I said? You follow someone who knows the way? Because the person says, the no way means that he says, this is not important, son. Please drop it. Okay? Whereas the yogis cannot tell it to you. He says, this is still important. The things they still are find important. Okay? That's why you cannot escape suffering yet. This is what stops them. Is it clear? This is not, it's not theory. This is, this is factual. The reason that the eighth level of samadhi cannot end suffering yet because they still have attachments. Is it clear? Okay. We know what those attachments are. It's very clearly defined in Buddhism, by the way. We tell you exactly what those attachments are. It's not theory. It's real. So when you get there, this is your attachment. Then we have to teach you how to undo this attachment. So... Enlightenment happens because you believe your teacher says, this is not worth attaching to. Okay? And you can let go. You're free. (laughs) 
Okay? Sorry about that. So far so good? Okay. That's the first way. So what is attachment? Attachment is freedom, isn't it? You let go of things. You're able to say, I can use this right now, but if it's broken or if it gets stolen, it doesn't matter to me. I use something else. There's no need to be attached to it. That's freedom. I'm no longer dependent on this, am I? Okay? That's no suffering. No dependence. Is it clear? You have suffering because you have dependence. Dependency. Is that clear? You depend on others. That's why you're suffering. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You depend on your husband. That's why you're suffering. When he says, I don't love you anymore. That's when the world crumbles around you. Okay? Okay, so. So far so good? Enlightenment is freedom. Enlightenment is to get rid of all your dependencies. We agree on that. Right? Okay. The second scenario is this. Suppose I'm very attached to this. This represents anything that you're attached to. For Peter here is his wife. Okay? Not, not the young one, the, the Peter number, number two. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> you don't think he understands the Dharma talk? He understands. His mind is very clear. You can't fool me. You know how, you know how young he is? He's the youngest one of, of, of all. All of you. He feels the youngest. Okay. Anyway, this represents anything you are so attached to right now. Do we understand each other? That's, please don't tell me what it is. <laughs> this remains your secret. So far so good? I'm proving you. I'm making a point here. Okay. So far so good. This is what you attach you. Don't look behind you with Xian Shun. Okay? So far, so good. Yes. Now, now, suppose you have one minute before the atomic bomb explodes right here in the temple. Okay? How is this to you now? Nothing. Right? Nothing. Peter! <laughs> I cannot believe it! I thought my, my story is so beautiful. My proof is so beautiful. And yet... <laughs> this guy is something else. This is a masterpiece. This is my masterpiece for the week. You see, my, get my drift? If you have only have one minute left, what is this to you? Nothing! Right? That's exactly what happened to you when you are so nervous. You drop everything. 
Even yourself. Nothing matters anymore. You don't know what to do anymore. You drop everything. That's how you become enlightened. Does it make sense to you? This, folks, by the way, is the first time that I ever heard in my own ears how getting nervous and becoming nervous wreck can help you become enlightened. It has never been explained like this before. In honor of Peter. I'm inspired. Yes. Beginning of the alignment. Beginning. Yeah. It takes a lot more than that to become truly enlightened. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's not only possible, it is the only way. You can only escape for so long, you have to go back to reality, right? That's all the, that's all the blessings you have. But when you're free, that's the manifestation of your blessings. When he's happy, it's because of his blessings. When he becomes grouchy, because his blessings run out. Simple as that. Okay? That's the way it is. Okay? You cannot be happy forever. You like it all you want. Okay? So far so good? Is it clear now why become enlightened? Because of his extreme nervousness. Is he able to drop everything? Nothing matters anymore. He doesn't give a damn anymore, excuse my language, right? He said, nothing else matters. I'm so scared of that guy behind the front door with people knocking on the door and that nothing else matters. You drop everything. Clean. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. Is it the end of the story? No. Of course not. He may become enlightened, but he still have created offenses against the man he killed. Okay? He still has to pay for that. He still has to pay for his mistakes. But, but, it's down the road. Is it clear? It's two different events. How did he become enlightened? Because he cultivated before. Let me tell you, he planted the seeds for enlightenment another lifetime. Okay? He cultivated beyond, he wanted to go beyond the eighth level of samadhi another lifetime. That's why this lifetime, another lifetime, he says, I want to go higher than eighth level of samadhi. Please take that very seriously. If you say, I want to go to 8th level Samadhi, that's all you're going to get. If you say, I want to go better, I want to do better, that's how you become enlightened. Is that clear? Does it answer your, your original question? Okay. You have to want it. You have to say, it's got to be better than this. Whatever it is, I want it. The best. I will not settle for less. 
Okay? I may not be able to understand what it is, but I believe the fact is something good, something called Buddha, something called Bodhisattva. If that's true, I want it. Okay? So far so good? And then you can play with Charlie. Yes? Yes. No. Death is a form of confusion. Death is very dangerous. Death is one of the most dangerous moments in your life. I'm telling you. Death. Peter, listen. Death is one of the most dangerous times of your life. If you think you know danger, you ain't seen nothing yet. Trust me. It's one of the most dangerous times. Why? Because that's when all your creditors come knocking on your doors. He says, pay up. I'm not letting go. Right? You would do the same, wouldn't you? You know the guy's about to skip town? Is he going to let him just skip town just like that? Of course not. This is when they line up. And they say, ha, pay up. Don't forget about me. I demand repayment. Okay? This is what this is what this is why worldly people are considered to be confused because you don't know what's waiting for you for that last breath. I know it's pleasant unpleasant to talk about it, but eventually we all have to face it. All of us. That most dangerous moment in our lives is that very last breath. Most dangerous. Yes. Any other questions? Ah, maybe you can get to slide 302. Skip to it. Well, eventually, he have, uh, eventually the rest is cultivation because what he got is small enlightenment. It's not the biggest enlightenment. So what, what, what happened is that after the small enlightenment until the big enlightenment, he had, his road is very hard. It's very, very tough. Because the guy kept on coming back and, 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 and tried to kill him. The husband pursued him lifetime after lifetime. So he, later on, for example, he became a monk, opened a temple, and then the husband become uh, someone who comes and says, I'm going to destroy your reputation. <laughs> I'm going to destroy you. Lifetime after lifetime. He has to die many times. Right? Well, because, uh, because his crime was so, so severe. Yeah. It's not simply an act of killing. For example, let's say you, you kill someone by mistake, then you have to die one time. Or you intentionally kill someone. That's a much more severe offense. You may have to die several times to a thousand times to make up for it. So does that mean you tell me a, a, a poor ending story? Are you allowed to listen to my lousy stories for a long time too? Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> yes.
No, no, it's repayment. It's repayment? Yes. But then when you finish with the cancer and say you're dead, you're all good again? Is that it for the next Hopefully. Time? Hopefully. That's, Hopefully. That's Hopefully. It's you repaying your, your karma. Yeah. Okay. So you, now you, 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 as you're suffering, you, you endure the suffering, then you're paying off your debts. There are other ways to resolve it as well, but, but that's one form of repayment. Okay? Any other questions? Yes? Who's had a chance of enlightenment? Huh? Who has a chance to be enlightened? What happened is that this, uh, in that story, I, didn't, I forgot to meant to stress to you, is that uh, the normal person would look at the monk, that monk as a bad monk, and says, you are, you are an evil person, okay? We don't want you anymore, right? That's what most people would treat him. In Buddhism, we don't do that. We don't punish them. Even though this monk is bad monk, we don't punish him. Okay? We don't, like, for example, hang him. We don't. Is it clear? We don't take people's lives. We don't take lives. Even if they're bad, they're wrong. Okay? Because even this bad monk still has a chance to become enlightened. We don't reject anyone. Okay? Let them be. Is it clear? So that's why Buddhism can have an all-embracing attitude. It takes wisdom to see that. You agree? Because most of you have this reaction. You're a bad person. I don't want anything to do with you. I will put you away in a prison. I would, you know, so and so and so. I will punish you. I will reject you. I will kill you. Okay? When Buddhism is said, it's your life. You have to be responsible for your life. Okay? Is that clear? This is why Buddhism is so much more open-minded, if you will. We don't judge. We let people be. Okay? Why? Because we're not attached to it. Remember this? This is why. Even the eighth level samadhi is still attached to this. Buddhism, we say, no, there's no need to be attached to disliking even evil people. I would tell you, eighth level of samadhi is still attached to disliking evil people. I assure you of that. Okay? The Buddha says, no need. 
No need for it. Let them be. Does it make sense? That's why. All right? All embracing. It's okay. We try our best. That's it. People may not appreciate it. It's okay too. But you know what? In your heart, you know you try your best. That's what matters. Then you're at peace. You may sleep only two hours a night, but you still feel at peace. Right? You don't depend on her liking you. What does she know? Huh? Right? What does she know? She thinks she knows a lot. What does she know about you? Of course, not much. Right? What's in your heart is what only you know. You know yourself that I try my best. I'm a decent person, okay? That's good enough. Okay? Anything else? So, so that's why we can embrace people. Because peop- we, are li- we accept people who they are. They don't have to be like us. Okay? We accept that we're different. And we still respect them. That's the Buddhist attitude. Okay? We don't judge them. Even though they're so wrong, we don't judge them. You say, okay, you're confused right now. Okay? It's okay. I hope someday you get out of it. All right? You're at peace with everyone. You don't have to resent them. You don't have to be afflicted. Okay? Yes, that's freedom. That is this thing that we're dropping. That people don't realize. People attach to what they think they know. You hear me? They think they know. They think they know this is important. <laughs> the one who knows, really knows, can drop it. The one who, who doesn't know hangs on to this is, I know, and you don't. Tientrin, do you hear me? I know, and you don't. That's not knowledge. True knowledge is when you're able to let go and be free from your knowledge. Is it clear? Yes? Of course. Question. And he's going to have to ask a hard question before I am trying to finish. When I just have one more minute left, he has to ask this kind of question. It's 296. Uh, so it's, uh, we have to uh, accept that the Hitler is going to be Hitler or what? Is that what you're saying? Who says we have to? We have to. We have to do nothing. 
We embrace him, but does it mean we can't kill him? What you do is that you put some poison here on, on a, 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 a cloth pin and you will embrace him. That's all embracing. Yes. But then what? But then what? You fall, yeah. But in doing that bad karma, you're saving hundreds He's saving millions of people. Okay. That's good karma somewhere there. The world is always a combination of evil and good, right? You need to strike a balance. So, you know, some people strike a balance by coming to my lecture, listening to me for half an hour, and then play with the dog. That's a balance for them. <laughs> okay? It's a balance. It's still better than staying at home and, you know, and do, you know, and, 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 and play to the dog. <laughs> it's nothing absolute. We each have to do things that we feel is proper for us. Okay? Some people, people, people might decide that they embrace, they ignore. Some people are still going to say, I'm going to kill this guy because... He's bad for humanity. Okay? Some people say, maybe it's happening because there's a reason. It's those people, you know, that, that, uh, that are repaying the debts. Yes? Any questions? See, I have an answer for everything today. <laughs> 302. Okay, we insist on slide 302. Mm, 302. There you go. 302. Now, can we go? <laughs> you have to come back. Trust me, folks. Trust me, folks. You, don't, you, you think I was kidding? For you to hear this sentence here, to see this sentence here, it's incredible. You will become a light for seeing this sentence. So I, I close out the story by telling you the story about the bad monk. He became enlightened because he planted the seeds for enlightenment, remember? This is your seed for that, for seeing this. It will germinate one of these days. When you become enlightened, remember the master. Come and save me. Right, Joseph? Come and save the master. Pull me out of the house. Okay? All right? All right. So, this, this, is, this is, by the way, is my, my attitude about talking Dharma. It's a sharing process. I have no agenda. I go along this because there's nothing else that stops me. If they stop me, then I will try to resolve their clarified things for them. Okay? And that's how I hope you learn to listen to the Dharma as well. It's no agenda. Just let go. 
let go. There's no dharma here. Is it clear? Yes. This is very, very important. Okay? You should wear, you should have the attitude. Ah. Ah. Okay? This is a wonderful, wonderful gift, trust me. Okay? Including for Charlie. Charlie may not be able to, to understand what we're talking about, but he plants a seed for that in, in his consciousness. And maybe someday he'll become a bad monk and become enlightened in the same lifetime because of this. And this is Vietnamese. Phải nên vô sở trụ mà sinh tâm. Okay? So far, so good? I don't have any Korean. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Dharma is anything. Anything that your mind conceives of is a Dharma. Whatever you think of is a Dharma. Meaning, any and everything. Anything is the worldly, the, the, the people of the world know of anything. Everything is everything. Ying Wu Suo Chu, a Sheng Ti Xin. Very important. Okay? This is very routine. This is worth all the marbles you have. All the money she has. You know, because this is, this is, is nothing more powerful than direct enlightenment. This is what made a sick patriarch become enlightened instantaneously. And you have to hear this many, many times. Many, many times. Okay? You have to hear this repeatedly. All right? Okay. We stop here today. Thank you all for coming. Okay? Uh, uh, and thank you, Peter, for coming. I'm, I'm uh, highly inspired by him. That's why I told you that fantastic monk story I've been saving for a rainy day. And finally, like this, this big bottle of wine you've been saving for special occasion, I finally sprung it out today. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we both appreciate good wine. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay, now our tradition, our tradition, we do a, what is called transference. We give away the goodness we, we created so far to everyone else. This is our tradition. You don't have to do it. You can keep it for yourself. You don't have to bow. Don't do anything. We're very open-minded. You do as you please. You don't force people to do anything. 